Praise the Lord. Welcome in to another Sower of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Our kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, God, I just thank you, Lord, for this another privilege, dear God, to go out by way of internet. God, I pray, Lord, that you will just take uh, the words, dear God, that you give me, and Lord, that you will send them out with your power and with your glory, dear God, Lord, that they may reach whom whom they do, dear God, and and uplift and, and help in, in some way, dear God. Lord, I, that's all I want to be is I want to be a help to someone in some way, Lord. Just, just that one, that one little thing, dear God, that they need to get them just a little bit closer to you or, or to show them the way to, dear God, to you. Lord, I just pray, Lord, I thank you for using me, dear God, and I praise you for this, this, uh, ability that you give me, dear God. And Lord, I just thank you for the privilege, dear God, that you give me by go out by way of podcast. And Lord, I just pray, God, that you would just bless me, dear God, and use me and speak through me, dear Lord, the words that you would have us to hear. For it's in Jesus' wonderful, marvelous name we pray. Amen. Amen. Last time we uh, talked about Moses and uh, the children of Israel, and they were uh, complaining because that uh, they wanted meat to eat and uh, they were tired of the bread and, and the manna and they wanted something a little bit more substantial. And uh, um, remember I told you, I said, be careful what you ask the Lord for because you might get it. And in Numbers chapter 11 and verse 31, uh, we're going to, we're going to find out that God supplies what they wanted. But, you know, that's, it's going to be one of those things that you thought you wanted it till you got it. And then when you got it, you decided you didn't want it, but it was too late. And there went forth a wind from the Lord and brought quails from the sea and let them fall by the camp as it were a day's journey on this side and as it were a day's journey on the other side, round about the camp, and as it were two cubits high upon the face of the earth. And the people stood up all that day, and all that night, and all the next day, and they gathered the quails. He that gathered least gathered ten homers, and they spread them all abroad for themselves round about the camp. And while the flesh was yet between their teeth, ere it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was kindled against the people, and the Lord smote the people with a very great plague. And he called the name of that place Kibroth Hatadava, because there they buried the people that lusted. And the people journeyed from Kibrahath unto Hazroth and abode at Hazroth. Now then, these people, they were, they were, like I said, they were complaining. They wanted, they wanted something a little bit more substantial. They wanted, they wanted something different. They've had this, this manna for over a year now. And, uh, it, it's the same thing over and over and over again. And they wanted something different. And like I said before, 
uh, they went about this all, in all the wrong ways, just like we do today, just just like I do sometimes. I go about things all the wrong way. And, you know, you, you can get into a habit of doing anything. And, uh, you know, and it... You get to the point of where that, you know, that you do it just because you've done it for so long. Uh, just like me getting up in the mornings and coming in here and praying and uh, reading and studying uh, the Bible. I get, I could get into a habit of that. I try my best not to. It's not that I think that I, um, you know, that this is something that I need to do every day. This is something that I really want to do. I really I really long for this time, uh, just me and the Lord, uh, talking to the Lord and then reading his word and, and getting the answers and getting the messages that he gives me and getting things that I need from him and just, just talking to him. And, you know, we, uh, there again, uh, when I'm talking about praying, we can get into a, a habit or into a, um, uh, uh, a way of praying, and you know, and we we really don't realize it till you know. Till one day we, the Lord just puts us in check, and you know, I try not to talk. I try not to pray when I pray anymore. I I, um, I want to more. I want to talk to the Lord, and I want to thank the Lord, and I want to praise Him. For what he's done for me. Sure, I ask him for things, um, I, uh, especially for other people, uh, for touch for their bodies or things like that. But, you know, I thank him for what I've got. Um, very, very seldom do I ever ask anything of myself. Most of the time, it's uh, if I do ask him for anything, it's when I've had one of those days and then I, I have one of those nights that I don't sleep real good and I get up and I I am tired and I, and just drug out in the mornings and, and I'll ask God to refresh me. I'll ask him to, to give me strength to make it through the day. And, you know, every once in a while we need, we need to ask the Lord for things for ourselves. Um, and I know I need a lot of prayers, uh, basically for, uh, arthritis pain that I have, but, you know, there's other people out there that's a whole lot worse off than I am, and I I feel like I need to pray for them. Forget me, I'll be all right. The Lord will take care of me. But these people that uh, that's on my mind about constantly, uh, they need they need prayer. They need it a lot. But uh, they they asked the Lord for or I went and basically got on Moses and started complaining and told them that they wanted uh, they wanted meat to eat. They were tired of this manna. They wanted something uh, more. They wanted meat. And, you know, like I said, they went about it all the wrong way. And we do, we even do that when we are asking God for things. We, we go about it all, in all the wrong ways. You know, this is where that we need to pray for wisdom and we need to pray for understanding and, so that we will know exactly how to uh, approach the Lord and to uh, ask him for things uh, and to uh, even for ourselves and for others also, for others' healings and, and things for ourselves. 
we need we need to be very careful how we approach the Lord so that we don't end up sounding like that we're complaining. Uh, because you know we it's, it's it's it can get to a very fine line there between asking and and just really complaining and griping about whatever's going on in your life or someone else's life. And this is this is where they were at. They they were they were complaining. They were griping. Um, we've had this manna for for, all, for ever how long we've had it, and and we want some meat. We want something different. You know, this is when they should have went to Moses. The heads of the family should have went to Moses and asked Moses. And Moses, will you entreat the Lord for us? And asked him if we could get some meat. We would we would really like to have some meat to eat. Been very, very humble and very calm about it. Instead of getting all high and mighty and fussing and griping, you know, and and we we can do the same thing ourselves. We can get to the point to where that we're asking God for things that we get to the point to where that we are we are telling God what he needs to do. And we are telling God what we want, and we're telling God the reason why that we need what we're wanting. Uh, you don't do that. You ask God for things, and then he will let you know whether he will give them to you or not. You know, not, not all of our prayer requests are, are always going to be answered right away. I have asked the Lord for things as high as months before I ever get an answer. Uh, but I don't, I don't ask for those things every time I pray. Every once in a while, I will mention it, uh, as I would like to have, uh, if I can use this for your glory, Lord, and if it will not come between me and you, I would really like to have this. But now, Lord, it's in your hands. Whatever you do and whatever you say, that, that's the final answer. Uh, will I ever stop wanting it? Mm, probably not. But I will quit asking the Lord for it, and I will try my best to keep from thinking about it. You know, we, we can push things too far. And it, it's very easy to do it. And we, we, as human beings, we are constantly wanting something. Whether it is good for us or not, we are constantly wanting something. So now then, the children of Israel has asked for me. And they're complaining about it. And they are, they are, basically they are demanding that they have meat instead of the bread all the time that they're eating. So the Lord gave it to them and gave it to them in abundance. He said not, he said you wouldn't eat 10 days or a week or two weeks or even three weeks, but he said a whole month you will eat of this quail. You will eat so much quail that you will Think about it the same way that you think about this manna that you've had for over a year, but you ain't going to eat meat and this quail but for a month. That's how much of it you're going to have. You're going to eat so much of it, it's going to come out your nostrils. 
And they and the Lord sent them, and they gathered all day, all night, and all the next day. They gathered and they they prepared this this quail, and they they ate this quail. And while they were eating it, it the Bible says, while the flesh was yet between their teeth, ere it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was kindled against the people, and the Lord smote the people with a very great plague, a very great plague. And they buried a lot of people right there that day in that place because of their unbelief, because of their complaining, because of their griping, because that they, they uh, complained to God and complained about God, complained about what he was doing. And never one time, did they ever thank him during this time for bringing him out of Egypt? And, you know, the Bible doesn't say it, but I just, I just wondered how many of these people that went out and gathered this quail, I wonder how many people actually took the time to thank God for this meat that he had given them. You know, we, we take, like I said, we take the Lord for granted sometimes. And we forget to thank him for things that he does. And, you know, as I go on from day to day and I, and I thank God for things, I, I find more and more and more things to thank God for. Things that you would think, uh, some people would think is very, very stupid, but it is a gift from God. And I thank God for it. And, you know, I, like I said, if, if some people could hear my conversations with my Lord in the mornings, they, they would literally think I had lost my mind. I laugh. I cry. I, I talk to him and I thank him for things that, that a lot of people probably wouldn't think uh, to thank the Lord for. But I do this because every good gift comes from above and everything that is in my life and touches my life and, and helps my life comes from God. So I thank the Lord for it. I don't care what it is. But now they, they, they rose from this place and they went to Hazaroth. All right, now then, the children of Israel complained to Moses and Moses and the Lord, uh, chastised them many times for complaining right there in, in a couple of chapters. Now then, we're going to go into chapter 12. Now then, it's Miriam and Moses' time. Miriam is, uh, you know, Miriam, Moses, and Aaron are all brothers and sisters. If you remember, Miriam is the one that stood watch while that Moses was in the uh basket in, in the bulrushes, and she's the one that went and got her mother uh, when uh, Pharaoh's daughter pulled Moses out of the water uh, so that she, her, his mother, could take care of him and nurse him till he was big enough to go to live in the palace. So this was Miriam. And Miriam is, is a little upset right now because the Lord is using Moses more than, than she is him or her. Uh, 
he's getting all the spotlight and everything and all the people are going to him for everything and and they are looking up to Moses and and she's a part of this family too and she thinks she ought to get some of the spotlight so her and Aaron goes to Moses and they start complaining to Moses and oppose Moses because of the Lord using him all the time. So this is what happens. In chapter 12 of Numbers, verse 1, And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Has he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Hmm. Be very, very careful what you say and who you say it to, because the Lord hears everything that you say. It doesn't matter uh, what darkest part of the of the house you were in or what darkest, deepest cave that you're in. It does not matter because the Lord can hear. He can hear your thoughts before you even speak them. So be very careful what you think and what you say, especially, especially to his anointed, especially to God's anointed. And this is where Miriam and Aaron is about to get in trouble because they went to Moses and they said, is the Lord speaking through you only? Well, he speaks to us too. So why can't, why can't he use us like he's using you? Why can't we be like you? You know, how many, <laughs> praise the Lord. How many of us has asked that question to the Lord? Why can't I be like him? Why can't, I, why can't I teach like him? Why can't I preach like him? Why can't I, why can't I be like him? You know, and, and this is basically what Moses, uh, Aaron and Miriam is saying to Moses. They, they're, they're upset, first of all, because he married an Ethiopian woman. And now then they think that because he married an Ethiopian woman that the Lord shouldn't speak to him the way that he's speaking to him. But let me tell you something. They may not know it, and it don't say in the Bible that I know of, but this may be the person that God had intended for Moses to marry all along. We don't know that. We, we may never know that. And we may never know why our friends marry the person that they do. But, you know, the thing about it is, is it may be because the Lord told them to. I was trying to, trying to remember, and I can't remember now. I'll have to, I'll have to look that up and get back to you. But one of the prophets of God, the Lord, God had him marry a harlot, a prostitute. He did not want to. He he told the Lord he did not want to. And the Lord told him, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> he basically told him, he said, you're going to. And he had to marry her. Had a lot of trouble out of her, but he had to marry her. Why? Because the Lord said so. You know, there's, there's reasons I'll have to get back I'll have to find a story and read up on it and get back to you 
but there's reasons why that uh, that the Lord does and has us to do everything that we do. There's no coincidences. You know, it's everything that is done is done because God has a plan. And uh, he had a plan for this man. He had a plan for Moses. See, Moses had to run because he killed the Egyptian. So we had to get, he had to get out of town. He had to go somewhere. So the Lord sent him to this, to the place where he met this woman and he married her, had two, had two sons by her. And then the Lord told Moses, he said, he met him at the burning bush and he said, I've got a job for you. I'm going to send you on a journey like you ain't never been sent on before. I've got a job like you ain't even never even thought of before. You know, how many of us has the Lord not basically told us that in those words, but it, it, what it boiled down to is he had a job for us like we ain't never heard of before. And, and you know, there's no way that we could do it by ourselves. There's no possible way that we could do it by ourselves. But with his help, we do it with his help. And with his help and his brother's help, Moses did just exactly what that he was told to do. And now then, he is getting slack from the children of Israel because they are being fed, they are being sustained, uh, they are not wanting for food, but yet they want a different food. Uh, you know, like, like I said before, you can give somebody a brand new car and they're going to fuss about it because it's the wrong color, wrong interior, wrong wheels, something. There's going to be something wrong with it. I guarantee you if you give it to them. But, my, but now then they're going to come to Moses directly, two of them. Now, Aaron, remember Aaron is the high priest. He has a very important job. He is the only one that can go into the most holy place. If I understand it right, Moses himself cannot go in to the most holy place. And Aaron can only go once a year or whenever that they are taking down the tabernacle. That's the only two times that he is allowed into the most holy place. And he has to wire bells on his garment when he goes in there so that they will, they will make noise and, and whoever is outside will know that he's still alive and moving. Because that most holy place is a very sacred place. You have to be very sinless to go in there. There cannot be not one sin in your life. If you do, when you walk through that veil, the Lord will strike you dead. And you know what? I wonder today how many of us ministers, I'm putting me in there too, how many of us ministers would be allowed to walk through that veil if the if it was if it was today the same way it was when Moses was alive, makes you sort of wonder about a lot of things, doesn't it? But Miriam, they were mad because he married this Ethiopian woman and not an Israelite. And then uh, they told him, he said, "Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? 
Has he not spoken by also by us? In other words, why can't we do the same thing that he does? But there was one great big difference in it that they, they didn't understand. Now the man Moses. Moses was a very meek man, above all men, which were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spoke suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam, Come out, ye three, unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they came out, the three of them came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. Hmm got called into the principal's office. They got caught jumping on the little kid. They got caught being a bully. So now they have to go to the principal's office. Let me tell you something. <laughs> this is one principal's office you don't want to go to. Uh, this is, uh, you go to the principal's office in school and he, you might get uh, some detention time or you might get a paddling, but it ain't going to be nothing like the the punishment that the, that uh, the Lord can give you. Verse six, and he said, "Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision, and will speak unto him in a dream." He said, "Now." Prophets that are that are among you, I make myself known to them. I make them known in a vision, and I make myself known to them in a dream, and they speak what I what they dream. Moses, my servant Moses, mm -mm, is not so. Moses had a very, very special relationship with the Lord. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches, and the similitude of the Lord shall be shall he behold, wherefore then were ye not afraid to speak against my my servant Moses. Moses hadn't been doing any prophesying. He hadn't been doing any, uh, any you know, telling uh, of great things to come and all this, but he had been telling of the Israelites all that the Lord had told him. See, the, the, the difference between the prophets, that the 12 men that uh, the Lord brought to the uh, tabernacle, they prophesied. The Lord spoke through them. Moses, the Lord speaks to him and he, he and Moses sees a, a man or a form of a man, a similitude of a man. Moses sees this person. This person is talking to him and he's talking to this person. Moses had a very special relationship with the Lord. 
you know, that that is one of the things that I would really like to have myself. I would like to have that that uh, relationship with the Lord that where that, you know, we, we talk just like uh, my wife and I talk. Uh, we talk just like my best friend and I talk. You know, I talk and he hears me and he talks and I hear him. You know, this is this is the one thing about Moses that I that I really wish that I had. And Moses had this. And the Lord started talking to Moses when he when he uh, was at the burning bush. And he continually talked to him. When he went up on the mountain, uh he talked with the Lord and the Lord talked he actually heard an audible voice with his ears. You know, a lot of times when the Lord speaks to us, he speaks to us through other people. He speaks to us through his word. And then he speaks to us, but it's it's not um, not all the time an audible voice. We It's more or less a, uh, a, a souped-up thought. Let's put it that way. It, you, you know that you... You have heard the voice of the Lord, but it's more of in your head than in your ears. That's what I'm trying to say. It's more of in your head than in your ears. But Moses heard, Moses heard by his ears. He heard, he saw a similitude of a man. He saw a, a, an outline or or uh, whatever, but it, it looked like a man. And he saw, And the man spoke to him in an audible voice. And Moses spoke to him in his audible voice. And they spoke to each other, the Bible says, mouth to mouth. They didn't, it wasn't one of these things that was speaking to him in a book or something like that. They spoke to each other as friends. And this Moses was, was, I guess Moses considered himself God's friend and God considered Moses his friend and him Moses his friend. But I, with with him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches. In other words, not in, he'll speak to you just like you uh, anybody else would talk to you. In other words, if the Lord, if uh, I was the Lord and you all were Moses, he, you, Moses heard me just like you all are hearing me right now. And it's, it wasn't anything dark, uh, any type of heavenly voice or anything. It was the same, um, same dialect and the same speech that Moses had. Anybody could have understood it that heard it. But, uh, he talked to Moses and he audibly talked to Moses. Not doing that. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then, you were not afraid to speak against my servant Moses. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against him, and he departed. So he got on him. The old saying is he gave, him a, gave them a piece of his mind, told them just exactly what the facts were, and then he left. And... Moses and or Aaron and Miriam was thinking, well, you know, that wasn't so bad. Huh? Wrong. Lord ain't finished yet. 
and the cloud departed from off the tabernacle. And behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam and beheld she was leprous. Oh, one of the most dreaded diseases back in that time was leprosy. It was, I guess it was, uh, you could describe it as akin uh, to cancer, but it, it started on the skin and it, it also, it did move inward and uh, it would eventually kill you. Um, it, I don't know exactly what the lifespan or the life expectancy was of anybody with leprosy, but I know that there were a lot of people healed and you had a uh, ceremony, uh, if you will, that you had to go through. If you uh, didn't, if you don't have any more leprosy, um, and you had you had uh, a ceremony that you had to go through when you first thought that you had leprosy, and when you went and you thought you had leprosy, the priest would look at you, and if he couldn't make up his mind whether it was or not. He would he would put you off uh, outside of the camp in a place and shut you up for seven days. On the eighth day, he would go in and he would look at you and he would pronounce you clean or unclean. Then, uh, if you, by some great chance, you got healed of leprosy, you had to call for the priest because anybody that had leprosy could not stay in the camp. They had places for them outside of the camp that they had to stay. So you had to call for the priest and the priest came out to you and he would look you over. And if he didn't see any new leprosy spots or anything like that on you, he would shut you up for seven days and then he would look at you and he would proclaim you uh, clean or unclean or I don't know. And if it's I don't know, he'll, he'll shut you up for seven more days. And until he could tell, yes, it's, he is clean or no, he is not clean. And then you had a, um, a way to get back into the, to the community. You had to go back to your tent, but you could not go inside of it. You had to stay outside of your tent for so many days, and I've forgotten. And I just read that the other day. But anyway, you had to stay outside of your tent. Uh, 14 days keeps coming to my mind. I don't know if that's correct or not. But anyway, and then you had to go back to the priest again. And uh, But uh, I, will, I will find that and... Uh, let you know exactly what that was, exactly how to be pro proclaimed clean and get back into the community. But she she was she was in uh, a bad state right now. Uh, the Lord had uh, put leprosy uh, had allowed leprosy to come up on her, and they they were very troubled at the sight of this. And Aaron said in verse 11, And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. 
Let her not be as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed when he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Hear her now, O Lord, I beseech thee. And the Lord said unto Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out of the camp seven days, and after that, let her be received in again. All right, now then. I've always said, the Lord does not put nothing in the Bible that is not there for a reason. And I had to do a little bit of research this morning to find out about this uh, father spitting in the daughter's face. That was a thing. If, um, from, from what I, what I read, this is a type of banishment or punishment. Uh, if the daughter was very unruly and everything, the father would actually spit in her face. And at this time, she was to be uh, set aside outside of the house to be shunned uh, and banished and punished for seven days. Uh, she could not have no type of dealings with the family whatsoever. She had to be by herself. And everybody, nobody could come around and talk to her or anything. She, this was a punishment for something that she had done. And it was very, a very harsh thing that she had done to get this, uh, punishment. But the Lord has, is telling Moses, it would have been better for her if her father had done this than what she's going to have to go through now. Not only is she going to be shunned and, and banished and set outside of the camp by herself, but she's, she's also going to have leprosy. Nobody's going to be able to come to contact, be in contact with her, talk to her, whatever. She, she is basically on her own for seven days. But the Lord said, in this, and let her do this for seven days, and then she will be able to come back in, uh, she will be she will be received in again to the community. So you know we need to be very careful what we say and what we do um, to the Lord because we can get into some very serious problems. And you you know if you if you will stop and think about it. You stop and think about some of the troubles and some of the trials and some of the things that have come upon you and just think of what have I done to deserve those. You know, I've always said there's, there's one of three, three things because of the troubles and trials. There's one of three things that causes those. It's us, our unbelief, our complaining and our griping, uh, are unwilling to do what the Lord wants us to do. It's just us, period. It is the Lord trying us to see just exactly, uh, well, no, he is trying us to let us know exactly how uh, deep-rooted we are in him and how much we trust him. And the Lord knows exactly how how much we trust him and how, how deep rooted we are in him. But sometimes he's got to let us know the same thing. 
You know, I I have a bad a bad habit of thinking of myself as as someone uh, the lowest man on the totem pole. In other words, I'm the one that's down underneath the ground holding the totem pole, uh, helping to hold the totem pole up. That's me down underneath the ground. That's what I think about myself. But the Lord assures me quite a few times that I'm the one that's up there on that totem pole where everybody can see. He's the one, I'm up there. I am somebody. I am a child of the king. I am somebody. He lets me know this more more times than, than you really understand because <laughs> I, I am not very self-confident. I don't have a lot of self-confidence. I don't have no confidence in Ted Johnson whatsoever. I am, no, no. I am the least. I am the dumbest. I'm sorry, but that's the way I feel about myself sometimes. If there's going to be a mistake made, I will make it. I guarantee it. But you know what? That's exactly the type of people that my Father and my Lord and Savior is looking for. Because he will take those people. He took 12 of the uh, most unlikely men in the world, and he changed the world through those 12 men. Go back and, and go and, and study the disciples, which they, which they uh, later on became apostles. Go study their lives and, and, and find out just exactly who they were and what their occupations was. It will surprise you what some of them did. But that's the ones that the Lord wanted. That's the ones that knew that they needed something. They just didn't know what it was. That's the ones the Lord wants. It's people that think is down on themselves and think that they are they are nothing. He's the ones, those are the people that the Lord wants. And Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days. And the people journeyed not until Miriam was brought in again. And afterward the people removed from Hazaroth and pitched in the wilderness of Paran. They, Lord wouldn't let them move while she was out there for seven days, out there by hers. You know, every once in a while, the Lord has to get us to a place to where that we are, we are all alone. We are by ourselves, you know, and, and you ever had that feeling that when you, when you're praying and, and you're, you're, you're seeking the Lord and everything and it, it just, just don't seem like he's there anymore. And, and we, this is the time for us to start reflecting on us. Just exactly where do I stand with the Lord? You know, and this was, this, Miriam had a very, a very special place that the Lord had put her. This is, this is, she, he put her out by herself with leprosy so that nobody could come around her, nobody could be aggravating her, put her alone for seven days. Now, this is some good time for her to do some self-reflecting, to look upon her life and figure out just exactly what it was that she wanted for the rest of her life. 
figure out just exactly how much of uh, she was willing to do for the Lord and how much she was willing to stop complaining about everything and picking uh, uh, picking on people and, and complaining about people because of the choices that they made, which the Lord may have had a hand in in the first place. We don't know that. And this is a very good time for her to reflect. And when I get to those places when uh, I try my best to not complain and, and not sit around and, and woe, woe is me, the Lord has left me. No, I try to, I, I, I want to stop at that point and I want to start a self-examination. Okay, Lord. I am in this place. I cannot feel you. But um, let me put this in there. The Lord is right there beside of me. He has not left. He, he is just not letting me know that he's there for a reason. And I need to reflect, and I need to figure out if this is something that he's trying to get me to realize that I have done, that I should uh, yeah, ask for forgiveness for something that I didn't do that I should have done. I need to find out what's going on with me and him. Okay. If uh, I come up with things in my life that I think that I should ask for forgiveness for, and I ask for forgiveness, sincerely ask for forgiveness for them, I still don't feel him. Then I start wondering, Lord, are you trying? Are you trying me? Are you testing me? And then the, the very last thing is, Satan, leave me alone. If I come to the conclusion that the Lord is not testing me to see what I'm going to do at that point in time, then Satan has interfered some way. They, there's something there that has allowed him to come in, and Satan, you need to leave me alone and get on out of here and let me and the Lord uh, go back to uh, our friendship and our fellowship the way it was before you messed everything up. So just leave, go on, get away. I don't want you around there no more. But we need, we know, we, and a lot of my, 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 a lot of my problems is me. I have, done something, I have not done something that I should have done, uh, said something that I shouldn't have said, even thought something that I should not have thought. But, you know, if we really take the time and we really want to keep that relationship with the Lord strong and fresh, we'll take the time to figure out just exactly what's going on. And sometimes the Lord is testing us. He is testing us. He will test you. He will try you. And he wants you to try him too. Find out for find that just to find out just exactly what he's made of. And find and he'll find out just exactly what you're made of. But I thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope the Lord just blesses you all in a great and a mighty way and meets your all's needs. And until the next time, God bless you all.